Hi, I'm Brad Rex, the former vice president for Disney's Epcot theme park, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Hi there, I'm Lee Cockrell. I'm the former executive vice president of Walt Disney World, and Mickey Mouse was my boss. And you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, Kim Dykes. Hello, everyone. This is Kim with the Coaster Challenge podcast, and I have a very unique guest today. He is a Six Flags Magic Mountain local guru and enthusiast. He's also a YouTube content creator for his former channel, Theme Park ERT, with an exciting upcoming announcement about a soon-to-be-launched new channel. You may also know him from the Enthusiast Roundtable. It is The Ambassador. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, everybody. I am so grateful to be here. Thank you so much. Excited to uh, chat. Let's have some fun. I'm ready to roll. While I've seen your Instagram page and YouTube channel, we've Mm -hmm. never sat down and talked with each other. Please tell us a few things about yourself and help us get to know you better. Absolutely. Um, Well, you know, I, I, like like you said in your awesome intro, I I live in Valencia, California. I've lived here for um, about seven years now, but I've been in Southern California since 2005. and I work in the film and television industry. I am what's known as an associate producer, which is just a fancy way of saying I boss the editors around. That's all I do. But, uh, you know, I I, uh, uh, I enjoy going to the park as much as I can. I'm so grateful to be living closer. Uh, before, I was living much further away, so it was harder to get up here. But uh, now I can at least sneak in at least three or four times a week, which is great. Um, and uh, no, I'm just I'm just happy. It's a beautiful day, and I'm you know I'm ready to just chat some coasters and some coaster news. Let's do it. Well, that is exactly what I am here to do. You know, California is on my list of bucket places to visit. Yeah, I haven't been out there yet. I originally had planned on trying to go next year, mm-hmm. but you know with prices of everything skyrocketing oh yeah yeah (laughs) airline prices and that sort of thing when you multiply everything times three people they've shot through the roof yeah whole nine yards if i can give you some any sort of incentive to to get here it's 77 degrees not a cloud in the sky and six like magic mountain is a ghost town today because i was there earlier this morning (laughs) Um, but I'm really, I'm hoping I've already got road trips planned for next year. So mm-hmm. going right now, you know, still places that are 
within driving distance, but I'm really hoping for 2024. As soon as I can get there, I'm coming and it's going to be the trip of a lifetime once we finally get there. And it's interesting that you said you basically get paid to boss people around. That's <laughs> one of the things I've always said about myself. I'm a school teacher. Ah, there you go. So you know and exactly how it's like. <laughs> and I love Charlie Brown and Peanuts. Yeah. And I've been compared by people that know me to Lucy Van Pelt from Peanuts. Mm. Like that's sure. perfect because now I get paid to tell people what to do. <laughs> the psychiatrist is in five cents yes all right so we're going to begin the interview with the roller coaster time capsule starting with what was your first coaster oh that's such a great question uh you know it's a multi-layered answer for me so bear with me as i as i say it. so my very first coaster was puff the little fire dragon at lagoon utah um <laughs> i say lagoon utah lagoon in utah um so when my father was a teacher, speaking of being teachers, and uh, back in the day, they used to, Lagoon used to have one day a year where they let all the teachers from uh, the uh, county that was near um, uh, that area come in and have free admission with their families, which was such a fun memory nice. of being a child. And, you know, so I'm pretty darn sure it was Puff the Fire Dragon when I was just a little, ta a little tyke. And then for my, my first big wooden, uh, my very first big coaster was roller coaster which is also a lagoon and that's when i was 14 years old and i only wrote it because a girl i had a crush on asked if i would ride it with her <laughs> how's that for peer pressure right and i yeah. didn't want to let it down but i was terrified and i wrote it and didn't enjoy it but you know i had to put a happy face on of and course. it was until i was 15 that i then wrote colossus the uh, fire dragon the big boy with the double the old schwarzkopf thing and it was, it was back in the day when they still had, they were taking photos, but fo on-ride photos were still in their infancy. So it was like, you know, like a black and white, super pixelated photo, but I had to buy it. And I still own that picture today. It was like from, I think it was 19, oh, when would that have been? I think that was 1992, maybe. And there I am with just like looking like I'm about to throw up, but I've got proof that I wrote Colossus the Fire Dragon. <laughs> I had to do it for the cause, didn't you? Absolutely. That sounds a lot like me. My coaster riding when I was younger was minimal, largely because we only went to an amusement park once a year. It was Kings yeah. Island. And yeah. the whole family told me they were scary. Couldn't ride them. They were dangerous. So I don't even remember how old I was when I might have ridden the racer. But I didn't ride Vortex at Kings Island until 1994. It was my senior, not in high school. And it was only because everybody else was riding it. And I didn't want to be the only one that didn't ride it. Yeah. But I was scared to death to ride it. <laughs> but then after I wrote it, of course, this was back when Vortex was still in very good repair. There was no headbanging or anything. Ran really well, and I enjoyed it. And I was like, what is this? I've been living a lie. You know, <laughs> they kept telling me everything was scary. And um, I wanted to do more. But I, I remember writing King Cobra, Son of Beast. Those were, I didn't even, but I didn't even write the Beast until I became an enthusiast somewhere around, like it was 2018 or 2019, somewhere in there. So it was a long time before myself before I really started writing 
Yeah, same, same way. You know, I, again, exact same parallel of the story. We, we, we live sort of near Lagoon and we only went once a year. You know, I come from a big family uh, you know, I've got three brothers and three sisters. So, you know, and my father was his teacher's salary. So, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a luxury that we didn't have very often. And so, yeah, yeah you know, I, I didn't get into coasters until much later. So out of all of the coasters you've ridden, one of the comments that always entertains me when I'm in lines now is people ask, how scary is it? And I remember being afraid of everything. These days, I'm literally scared of nothing. <laughs> I put in a lot of my posts, hashtag, it's, it's almost scary in a way, but I'm not scared of little to much. What would you say is the coaster you've ridden that was scary, that has scared you the most? Ooh, wow, what a great question. You know, I, I don't know if I'd already answered that with the <laughs> with the Colossus, the Fire Dragon, back with my very first coaster. Uh, but I, I would say, uh, it scared me the most. Um, you know, there's such different levels of fear. You know how it is. Like, yeah. there's the fear of the unknown. And then for me, there's a fear of, is it going to make me sick? Am I going to be out of it for the rest of the day because of the forces on this ride? So I have two different types of fears. So I'll answer both. So I think the, the fear of the unknown, yes, probably, oh, probably, oh, oh, um, I will say, speed the ride, which was at the Sahara. Okay. It scared me because that was my first launch coaster, and I didn't know what a launch coaster was going to do. Okay. And, you know, and you could sort of see them launching out of the station. And I don't know if you had, mm -hmm. if any of you had ever had the opportunity to ride that ride when it was open, the way that the queue line kind of worked is like, you really couldn't see the, the trains until you were actually right about to board them. So like you could hear mm -hmm. it launching, but you never really got to see it. And so I think that the anticipation for what a launch coaster would feel like was very kind of scary for me. Um, but as far as rides that I'm worried about that if they're going to make me sick, <laughs> probably Montu at Bush Gardens, Tampa. Mm -hmm. I, I had heard nothing but I wonderful phrases coaster. for the Batwing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, as, as we're going up the lift hill, I'm just like, oh, come on, baby. Please, please don't let me black out or gray out on this, you know, praying to the coaster gods. <laughs> And I made it through, which was good. So those are probably my two answers right there. Similar, but yet very different in ride preferences. Gray outs yeah. are something I chase. Oh, <laughs> because that's why Iron Gwazi, it's my number one. I've currently ridden 355 coasters. Nice. People are like, why do you put Iron Gwazi over Still Vengeance? Because I love Still Vengeance is my number two. <laughs> Gwazi gives a gray out and a half. Yeah, that's what I've heard. All the way through the wave turn and the whole back half of the train. I mean, there's other reasons too. But the second I get that effect, I'm on one heck of an intense ride. You know, and that's that's just that's something I personally enjoy. Some people though, I I mean intimidated 305. Have you ridden that one? I have not. That's the 
I was, that was going to be my third answer. So there is a coaster that scares me the most that I haven't ridden yet. And it's I-305. That, I that rode that 32 <laughs> times back in June. <laughs> and every single time I knew when my vision was getting ready to go out and it became a challenge to me. Yeah. I figured out if I kept my eyes on the airtime hill in front of me and just kept blinking, I knew exactly when my vision would pop right back into place. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really funny. Cause like it's I people I, that'll just keep doing it for some, I don't even know the reason. I'll just keep I, doing I've it. got a few personal invites from some other enthusiasts in the community who have said, Mark, as soon as you come on out um, to, uh, you know, as soon as you come on out to uh, uh, Kings Island, uh, I'm sorry, Kings Dominion, Dominion yeah. you know, I'll sit with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will make fun of you when you, when you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> now there are some people I do know that get a full blown blackout thing. I don't, I've never had a blackout. I don't think, I don't know. I don't even know that I would want a blackout, but it's, it's fun for me watching the vision go out and trying to figure out, you know, when it's going to come back and trying to see if I can, you know, push through it or like the best way. It's really, it's, it's a thing. And, you know, I did a lot of research on uh, when fighter pilots do when the training that they go through to help prevent G lock. And I incorporate a lot of those things in my coaster writing now, which Mm -hmm. do, do help. They make me look funny and sound funny, but they absolutely do. Uh, they do help me. Um, you were talking about launches. That you know, that was a fear of mine, but it took a while to really, over, not just face, but overcome. Any launch coaster, I used to just hold on for dear life, being scared to death. And what really pushed me past that threshold was Top Drill Dragster. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it took me, I kept, the first time we wrote it, we wrote it. I kept watching half the people on the train, my own kids put their hands up on the launch and I was sitting there holding on for dear life. And I'm like, I'm not leaving until (laughs) I do this. I have to do this or I'm going to be kicking myself all the way back home. When I'm going to be back, I've got to, I've got to push past this. It took five rides in a row to finally do it. Then it was so much fun. I had to do it again. <laughs> and I knew I had fully conquered the fear when we finally made it to Six Flags Great Adventure this year, came to call. And I was so relaxed and so chill. I just had my hands up. I was ready for that thing to launch. And I, my son and I just looked at each other. And it's like, how weird is it to feel like we're just getting ready to casually launch at 128 miles an hour? up over 450 feet in the air and we don't care. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's, you know, just one of those surreal moments. Yeah. You well, don't realize has happened until you're there. Right. We got to get and you to Knox Berry Farm so you can experience uh, the launch on Accelerate. Yes. That's something that is a coaster <laughs> I'm looking forward to very much. Now you did talk about getting sick. Yeah. That. I can relate to that one real well. There, that is one thing I do have fear of, and it's not coasters, though. Last year, we went to Beach Bend, and they had one of those old-style Gravitron rides. Oh. oh, I used to hate those things. Yeah. No, it was, the, it was the Tempesto. I wouldn't get on the Gravitron, but there was a Tempesto. 
similar, you know, the little cages on opposite ends that spin yeah. when you stand up. I, I, I know them all too well, unfortunately. And I really thought, you know, oh, I faced all this fear. This, you know, nothing bothers me anymore. I can ride that thing. <laughs> oh, Lord. I got off of that. I felt like I was going to barf 10 different shades of green. Yep. I was done for the rest of the day. I couldn't even ride the scrambler. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yep. We were after I finally just I, like I just want to leave. I just need to go home and sleep. I want to leave. And we were standing in line to get dinner at Chick-fil-A. And my son was like, Mom, what are you doing? We were standing in line and I, I said, Come here. I just need you to come here. And I was like laying my head on him. Mm -hmm. The whole room was still just spinning. Yeah. And I felt so sick. I said, if you want food, I need you to let me lay my head on your shoulder. I feel like I'm going to pass out. So I don't do, I've never been a fan of tight circles. I can do, I mean, I can do like a wind seeker. I can do pendulum rides. I don't have any problem with that. Mm. But after oh, that, more one, than me. No more tight circles for me. No. I, I have sworn off all flat rides, except for drop towers. I can do drop towers, no problem. Yeah. But uh, any sort of like, you know, what's called buying Bayern curves or, um, you know, like spinny rides or even uh -huh. extreme swing, screaming swings, things like that. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> it's understandable. I mean, I just remember how I felt getting off the thing. I yep. said, okay. I found the one thing I'm not doing ever again. <laughs> I'm not spinning like that. <laughs> Anything else, I'm fine. I can drop, I can fly, whatever. I am not spinning. So when you approach the station hmm. of that scary, scary coaster, how were you feeling? Um, I'm what, what I'm doing. Um, if it's, I'm thinking, so if it's a coaster that you can, you can actually see in operation, yeah. uh, like you get a good, for example, and speaking of Kings Island, I went there for the first time in my life um, a year ago this month. Okay. Um, and I, I was looking at a uh, Diamondback and I would look at it and you could see it from a lot of different angles of the park. Yes. And uh, what I started to do is I started to memorize the ride just from mm -hmm. being off ride. So if I'm approaching a ride that I'm a little bit nervous about, or, you know, I did the same thing with Shikra, Shikra at Tampa, uh, at Bush yes. Tampa. Yes. I just looked at it and I started memorizing the ride. So what I do is I'm, as I'm approaching the ride, as I'm getting in to the station and I'm sitting down, you know, I don't want to psych myself up. Um, so what I start doing is I start visualizing, putting myself in those elements mm -hmm. and uh, kind of pre-riding it. And kind of knowing where I need to do some of these tricks that I, you know, these zero G maneuvers that, uh, it's not zero G, sorry, these positive G maneuvers um, yeah. to, to prevent myself from graying out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that calms me down. And I also, uh, I know it's a lot of people do this, but uh, if it's a ride where your feet are dangling, I don't swing my feet. I know it's like kind of a thing that a lot of people like to do. You know, yeah. it's like a very common thing. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying that, but for me, what I like to do is just, not swing my feet so that, you know, I'm just kind of like at one with figuring out what's going on. And then as soon as the ride dispatches, I don't let it get to me. I just get excited. Mm -hmm. 
because I think that there's a, something to being tense. And if, if you're tense, that causes your heart to pump faster, which is going to not be good. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, uh, I, I try to approach it with, uh, uh, with Zen and preparedness. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. If it's a ride that you cannot see, um, and if I have not watched the POV of it, for example, like we'll go back to King's Island, like the beast can't see it really. You can't see anything that it does. Yes. And so with that, I just said, Hey, you know what? Let me uh, just imagine other roller coasters that I've been on that are similar mm-hmm. and try to go from there. Um, yeah. I mean, the most recent experience that I had with that was the wonder woman flight of courage opened here at magic mountain just recently. And I, I have not been on Jersey Devil, but I've been on every other um, uh, Raptor single rail coaster. And mm-hmm. so I said, okay, you know, I know how those go. And I know how those feel. So I'm just going to imagine that it's like that. And the funny thing is, is that worked all, up, all the way up until the, the mid course and that the ride kept going. I'm like, oh, yeah, because this is where the ride would normally end. <laughs> so then there's another lap. Uh, so it was kind of funny, but uh, that's how I approach it. Yeah, just kind of being prepared mentally. You know, you talk about relaxing. That's one of the things I learned that is key to riding coasters that once used to just beat the crap out of me. But learning how to become one with the ride. Yeah. Totally relaxed, move with the ride. You know, it offsets the horses. You're not getting thrown around. Yeah, it's like a race car driver memorizes the curves of a race track with their eyes closed. And that's one of the reasons I like to marathon. (laughs) My favorite coasters, especially, I want to learn the layout. Yeah. I want to know every in and every out. And if there's something, you know, something on Still Vengeance that took me just to this year to figure out what I needed to do was Mm. at the bottom of the drop, as you come up, it kept throwing me real hard to the left and that would hurt, you know, hit my shoulder or whatever. I'm like, this is a great ride, but that transition is beating me to death. What do I need to do here? So this last visit, so we rode 20 times. It took me a few rounds to figure out. I just need to totally hang like a tree blowing in the wind as far to the left as I can all the way through that turn. And it worked so- great. You know, there was no more throwing. It was it was easy to ride. Wow. So it worked out well. And Beast, I remember Beast. It was one that I held off on riding for a long time because you can't see it. You can't see it. Even up on top of the Eiffel Tower, Kings Island, you can see yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. And I rode... Honestly, I think some bigger coasters before I wrote these simply because of the fear of the unknown. That's what kept me off that one for many, many years. So, you know, thinking back to the scary coasters you've been talking about, including that very first one, how did you feel when you got off the coasters? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a moment, um, when it's an unknown coaster, like for me, like speed, the ride was, and 
you know, it's just, it couldn't process it. Or you know what? It was like also like the very first time I rode X2, which again you kind of experience. It's it's that is one of the craziest rides you'll ever ride. And you know, you there's a second where you're trying to process what just happened. And you know, that's what I I go through in my in my head is I just start thinking, well, okay, what there was this and there was that and there was this and there was that and you know, and then I I have to tell myself to stop analyzing and just you recognize that I have a smile on my face. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. First, you know, you've, you've made it, you survive. Um, but then the jubilation and then, then go back and analyze it. Now I'll be truth be told. I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. There are a few rides that I come off of and I just call them endurance tests. There are roller coasters for me that it's just an endurance test to go. Well, I was able to not black out, but uh-huh. I don't want to ride this again. I call um, those one and done. <laughs> one and done exactly yeah I got, I've, I've got a few of those and so you know and and i'm not a big credit chaser either like i have no idea what my credit number is i don't know because i just yeah. haven't really bothered to think about it because i like yeah. to look at it as being not finite i like looking at it as saying i uh, you know when, when he's, what's your credit coaster count and i go yes <laughs> if there's a coaster all right yeah um so and, and, and that's not a knock on anybody who does credit counting it's just i think the 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 short version is i'm just too lazy to do it but um the, the, so um there's rides that i'll absolutely not ride because i don't want to get the credit but it's just more of like yeah it's just like that endurance test like let me just see if i can how how am i feeling today can i ride this and come off and not be done for the rest of the day and will i be able to continue and you know kumba was one of those for me i was really worried about riding kumba I might be the only enthusiast in the world that does not like B&M looping coasters. They're like my feast, least favorite coasters. I'm not a fan of B&M sit-downs. Yeah. They well, hit your head around too much. I mean, any, any hold B&M on and force your head back is the only way to ride those. Any B&M that has an has inversion is not for me. Uh, I, love the, I love the hypers and I love the gigas. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, I don't know what it is about the... Just the profiling of their inversions to me just is too much for me. And uh, so, yeah, you know, so that's how kind of what I'm thinking after I get off a ride is I actually approach coast, my, the coasters that end up being kind of my favorite ones to ride are the ones that just make me smile. I come off and going, you know, I had such a fun time on that roller coaster rather than saying I survived that roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, would you say that it impacted your life in any way after riding any of those coasters that you were the most afraid of? I, I think it, it did impact my life. Um, you know, we can get philosophical here. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's something to say about stepping out of your comfort zone, seeking that discomfort and overcoming it that can really be motivating with other aspects of one's life. Um, and, and I really like what you said about um, the release part when you were talking them earlier, I think before the recording, yeah. about how when you feel airtime, any sort of stress or, or worry that might be on your mind or on your shoulders of that day um, can metaphorically, symbolically, and in a lot of cases, in actuality, go flying out the train with that, yes. with that airtime hill and, you know, that Absolutely. restraint, that restraint is there to 
keep you grounded, but your worries don't have a restraint and they're, and they go bye-bye. And that's how I feel uh, a lot too. Um, you know, I, I, I try to use that in different aspects, stress at work or um, stress with kids mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like I just try to let them off the hook when I first encounter anybody like give people the benefit of the doubt see if I can have that worry um or that stress just go flying out and you know I I there are times while I will because I'm so close to Magic Mountain I will go over and ride Lex Luthor's Drop of Doom which is you know very similar to um Kumanjaro it's on the side of Superman and just that free fall drop tower just all your cares are gone and you know you just that's sometimes that's all you need and it's and, you know, the little joke, and, you know, I don't want to get, uh, you know, I want to keep this PG rated today. I see, you know, coasters are a lot cheaper than heroin. So let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, I completely get how riding coasters facing fear, it just affects multiple aspects of your life, and you don't realize it's happening until it happens. You know, one of the things I make a connection with. And I didn't even really realize this until I was close to the end of my weight loss. As I shared previously, it took me nearly three years. I've lost 125 pounds. And people ask, you know, how, how are you able to do this? What's your secret? And I finally figured out, you know, the secret is, is in your mind. Mm-hmm. If you're 400 feet in the air, and you're not scared it's because you've, you've conquered what's in your mind. Yep. And overeating, emotional eating for me, it's in mm. my mind. You know, so once I started to make the connect, the mind connection was when I really started to become successful with my weight loss endeavor. And I then, you know, it just kind of started creeping across various situations. Yep. I used to be very unconfident, very codependent, a people pleaser. Sure. I'd say whatever I had to say just to avoid conflict, no matter really what the sacrifice was for myself. And don't do that anymore i just i don't have a hard time saying no when i need to say no oh that's big yeah that's big and um if there's something i don't feel all right about doing i'm not doing it and i've also learned you know taking time for that stress relief or you know to coasters whatever that keeps your head in a good place you need to be a priority too. Because if you spend your life being codependent, you know, just taking care of everybody else all the time, then you get to the point where you're just not any good mm. for anybody all day, every day. I mean, I've become, you know, just a better parent, a better teacher, a better everything, you know, through doing what needs to be done, you know, to take care of myself mentally, you know, and then physically I feel better. 
And I'm just, I'm better all the way around. And it took quite a while for me to wake up and realize it was because of boosters. Mm. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned the free fall drop tower. Yeah. One of my most memorable experiences of my life was in July of this year at Six Flags Great Adventure. We were having a little Zoom and Jaro mini marathon. We rode like 10 times in a row. There was no line. And um, we got one of those infamous dueling rides with King to Call. <laughs> I was on the right outside edge of that drop tower. Yes. We were at. like, is this actually happening? This is actually happening. We were almost to the top. We saw it getting ready to launch. And I mean, I just started yelling, send it, send it, make it go. I mean, everybody else was up there hanging on and all this stuff. I'm, I'm the fool up there screaming, make yeah. it go now. <laughs> and I'll never get the roar of the train and the vibration of the entire structure as that thing shot up over our head. But the coolest thing ever was just letting go, hands out. You know, I, we dropped zombie style, hands out, feet out. Looking mm. literally right beside me and seeing King Dakar race down that track. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And that may have been, a, you know, as often as I can get to that park, that may have been a once in a lifetime event for me, but it, it was incredible. And you mentioned you have ridden all the single rails except mm -hmm. Jersey Devil, correct? Great. Yep. I'm on the opposite end of that. <laughs> I only got to ride Wonder Woman down at Fiesta, Texas one time when we went back in June. It was closed the rest of the uh, trip. Oh, no. They us on the train. Yeah. So I didn't get to experience, and that was my very first one. Oh, that's so I good. I did get to ride Jersey Devil 25 times. There you go. And I I think once you get to, once you get to, to Six Flags Great Adventure, you will absolutely love it. A key that I found, you know, those restraints on those single rails can be a little tricky because mm. it was wanting to, it was wanting to staple down on my shoulders and thighs and that would hurt. So, and, but I'm one of these two, I will ride the crap out of a coaster and try to figure out how to ride it. If it looks like a good coaster and I'm just not enjoying it, I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong? You know, what, what do I need to adjust? You know, because knowing how to ride a coaster can really make or break the experience. Absolutely. So I finally figured out that I needed to keep my behind out of the seat on the drop. I would push myself up with my legs to where my behind literally wasn't touching the seat all the way down. Then when it hit the bottom of the drop, I just had to hold myself up a little while longer. That kept the restraint from stapling. And then oh. after that, after that, the restraint stayed up. And I absolutely loved the ride, but it was figuring out that little, little key thing, you know, to keep that restraint from stapling down that tide on me. Right. You know, and I was just discussing this with a, a fellow enthusiast. I, I, I am like the Goldilocks height and probably weight for roller coasters. All these coasters that have famous bad restraints or you know a certain element that always hurts people yeah i've never been affected by yet really <laughs> I've never I, I yeah i don't know what it is that's I'm a gift in the goldilocks zone i guess there's only been one roller coaster that hurt me and that was pegasus at uh, mount olympus 
But I think, <laughs> I think uh, thing, you're hard pressed not to get hurt. But we were just there over Labor Day weekend, and I'm not kidding you. Right. It's, a, it's, it's like a question of how many times is that thing going to go around and the whole thing just falls over. <laughs> it was. That 90 I rode Pegasus last year, so no, I didn't ride Pegasus again when we revisited. Yeah, that's one of our ones and dones, right? I'm done with it's that. A, it's a definitely a unique <laughs> piece of work there at that park, Bingo. to say the least. <laughs> yeah, we, we left the water park that day, and we literally just stood there and watched the whole structure move yeah. around every time it came down. It's super fun to watch, isn't it? So, yeah. out of Jersey Devil and Wonder Woman Golden Lasso Coaster, which one did you like better? It's, it's so hard to compare because I only got one ride of Wonder Woman. That's good. That's fair. The only thing I can say is I feel like I probably like Jersey Devil better. Oh, Wonder right. Woman was more intense, mm-hmm. but with those restraints, I think Jersey Devil's more rewritable. If it's the same restraints that are on Wonder Woman here at Magic Mountain, they might be new ones. Are the ones that the over the shoulder? Yeah, the shoulder and it doesn't yeah, go across your chest. I think they're all the same. Okay, yeah. But yeah. from people I've heard that have ridden both Jersey Devil and the new Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and the one in Texas, mm-hmm. most people tend to say that they like Jersey Devil better than the one in Texas. The ones that have ridden the one in California say they like it slightly better than Jersey Devil. I've heard that too. And I'm not really sure if, if RMC kind of like took the notes from writers on Jersey Devil and then incorporated that into the design of, of Wonder Woman, of Flight of Courage. Not sure, but I've heard the very same thing. That they just enough. It does. It seems to be pretty consistent. Yeah. And you know, but then also another thing, and I was just I was just telling this to someone today that it also could be that we're a very hot kind of, you know, desert climate out here in Valencia. And so that yeah. might cause it to ride different than mm-hmm. Jersey Devil, which is right there by the, you know, by the lake. And, you know, I, I, I believe in that. I believe that atmosphere absolutely affects. Oh, yes, it does. Temperature, everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, on some of my favorite coasters, I mean, self-engines being one. I used to really just not be that wowed by it because <laughs> I had not ridden it at its full potential. I've never realized what all these other people are talking about until the visit I had in July was better than last year with that ride. But when we went back just this past weekend over fall break, oh, Lord, the trend breaks were not hitting at all. Wow. They were off. That thing was absolutely flying. And I swear I've had so many rides on that before that felt like half the speed. Mm. It does. I mean, temperature, weather conditions, everything. Same thing mm-hmm. on Velocicoaster down in Orlando. Yep. Um, I love, oh, I wrote, first rode Velocicoaster last year in October. It was actually at the, po- the meetup for the participants in the podcast. And I was floored. By Velocicoaster. It became, it was my number one for, my, for a while. It's now my number four. But anyway, um, when we went back on a return trip over spring break, 
I was all hyped up and ready for Velocicoaster. The first ride we got on that, it was slow. I mean, I'm like, I looked at Andrew. What happened? This isn't the ride that I had tattooed on my arm. I've got toe coaster tattoos. This isn't, where's the bite? You know, what happened? It's like, oh, you got to let the tracks warm up. And, you know, then progressively, the more rides we got through the day, boom, the switch flipped and it was back in full force. But when it was cooler in the mornings, that ride was substantially slower and somewhat underwhelming. So it definitely does make a big difference. Yeah, totally. You know, and speaking of, you know, um, Steel Vengeance, I've only ridden it uh, two times. I only have two rides on that ride. And, um, and it was in June and one of the rides was just me trying not to eat all the bugs of all uh, that, uh, of the entire Lake Erie. And that can be a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like, I was riding most of the ride with my hand over my mouth and my eyes, mm-hmm. like when we, you know, you, you get the break run and you flicking the bugs out of your hair. <laughs> if you can ever go when we were able to get all those rides this time so I, I don't do fast lane i travel way too much to way too many parks to be able to afford fast lane yeah i show up i mean i'm a teacher i'm off through the summers most of my who hauling around the united the u.s for now is all through the summer i mean i'm here there and everywhere but we show up you know at parks on weekdays through the summer that's when i you know do most visiting my new parks but cedar point we typically go once a year. It's about a seven hour drive for me. Yeah. And I usually stay about two and a half to three days on a week, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday through the summer. Well, we did that this year again and went back in July. And the park was still moderately busy, even on weekdays. You know, Cedar Point is just always, it's, it's different. It's a different entity when it comes to crowds. Yeah. And um, people kept telling me, you need to go. On Thursdays and Fridays after school starts, there's no kids there. You know, the park's dead. And um, they, uh, I kept thinking I couldn't go because I teach school. Well, mm-hmm. duh, we have a fall break. So we, that my fall break was last week. And we showed up like Thursday evening from five to midnight and Friday all day long. We had, like I said, 20 rides on the thing. We rode everything in the park, had time for picture taking, shopping, took our time with meals, everything. And the good news is the temperatures are chilly, so the bugs are gone. Oh, that's good. So if you can ever get there. Uh, we want to get back. Friday in the fall, I highly recommend it. We want to get back. You know, we, we absolutely do. Well, we'll try to make it work. It's just, it's hard. You know, we'll. I understand. We'll, my wife and I both work full time and mm-hmm. it's tricky. <laughs> I totally understand, but I think that's going to be my new fall break. That's going to be my annual trip to Cedar Point every year now. Yeah. I took advantage of, of the COVID protocols with uh, everybody having to work remote. So I may or may not have been full time employed and working while I was at Kings Island last year, but you're not hearing this by former boss. Former boss, if you're listening, I was, I was working. <laughs> yes, I can vouch for that. He was there. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we stayed in those cabins nearby and I, you know, I had to log in and do some work, but then zipped right over there once I was done. It was fun. I wish I had one of those jobs where I could just travel around and work remotely. Oh, yeah. Well, just pop into wherever I want to go. That would be nice. Right. (laughs) But I love my job, too. I've been teaching for 20 years, 24 years. Not exactly the best time in life to make a rapid career change like that. (laughs) So let's talk about coasters and we're going to get into some of your crazy experiences yeah all had we've all had some of those experiences that are just like what in the world was that Uh, (laughs) how did that happen what just happened all the above looking back at your experiences on coasters and in amusement parks what would you say has been your craziest moment well um i have a Again, I have so many different uh, ways to answer this, to interpret the term crazy. Um, uh, it's however you interpret it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, will, I will start with a fun one. Um, so this earlier this year, we had, uh, you know, we, we were talking about earlier, the, uh, Wonder, the new Wonder Woman coaster open up from Rocky Mountain Construction. Mm-hmm. And for the... Uh, you know, for the, for the opening, um, the, the new president, Darren was there and, um, you know, he's just hanging out really nice, nice guy. And, you know, I've, I've been up to the RMC factory before and met him before and, you know, things like that. And so mm-hmm. he, I, he remembered me a, a, to an extent and, and, um, it was a really hot day and, uh, I was smart and brought an umbrella. <laughs> and so I was just kind of like, you know, schmoozing and like, Hey, you can share my umbrella. Why not? And then I just, in, ca- in casual conversation, I just said, hey, you know, because he said this was his first time at Magic Mountain. I said, well, that means you haven't ridden Twisted Colossus yet. He goes, no, I haven't ridden Twisted Colossus. I said, well, that, that's not right. We got to get you on Twisted Colossus. Let's get over there. And uh, again, kind of uh, my fun nickname, the moniker uh, uh, that, I, that, I, that I got the ambassador. Uh, <laughs> I start acting like I know that I work at Magic Mountain. Even though I do not, full full disclosure, I do not uh, work for Magic Mountain, but I just act like I do. I uh, started pulling some strings and was able to get um, uh, Darren a, a VIP access to go and just walk right on to uh, uh, Twisted Colossus. And, you know, as he was going, you know, as we're walking over there and making it happen, I said, hey, you need a riding buddy? And he goes, yeah, buddy, come on, sit next to me. So that was a crazy experience, being able to sit on Twisted Colossus with the president of Rocky Mountain Construction and ride it with him for his first time. Please you know? tell me you got a picture. I did, but it's not the type of picture that I think the community would like. It was such a moment of, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm going to use this word lightly. It was such an intimate moment, you know, to make this happen that I didn't want to make it seem for his sake that I was doing it for my own Instagram clout, if that makes sense. That, that makes and, perfect and sense. And so I was being super professional about it, especially since they walk. I have never had a more VIP getting onto a train. We did not walk through the flash lane. We walked through the exit and we were able to cross over the track 
and get put right onto the thing. Like, talk about VIP. And, um, and, you know, and, that, and because of that, I wanted to be really grateful and respectful. And so I kept my phone um, uh, off and until we got off the ride. And I said, hey, can I get a quick picture? So there's a picture of me and him. Um, and I should send that for your show notes. That'd be fun. But, uh, you know, uh, of me and him out in front of Chris Colossus. And it was just one of those crazy moments that was just like, I would have never thought in my life. Like, I think the only way that would have been crazier would have been like, you know, if you'd sat with Alan Schilke or something like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was just been right? so it, was, it was a crazy, crazy moment. Um, but I can, I can interpret it another way too, like a, a moment where I just, my mind was blown and it kind of ties into another question. I think that you, um, you know, that you wanted to ask me and I hope I'm not going out of turn here by saying it, but oh, you're fine. Um, what eventually led me to become an enthusiast is I might be the only person in the whole community that became an enthusiast based on the Manhattan Express in Las Vegas. Now, I used to live just about an hour and a half north of Vegas. So that was my home park, was basically the, 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 the coasters in Vegas. And it was a little bit of a coaster desert, so there was nothing, you know, not much to, to do. And so when they started opening them one by one, you know, you had the one on the stratosphere tower and they had the high roller there. And then you had one that was actually at the MGM grand for a little bit. Then you had the ice, uh, the speed, the ride at, at Sahara, then Buffalo bills opened up and things like that. But when Manhattan express opened, you know, and it gets a lot of hate that ride, you know, people say it's the worst ride ever built, it's the, you know, the worst Togo ever. Uh, but I'll tell you what, there's a moment on that ride. That's a dive loop. And I had never in my life experienced a dive loop mm-hmm. and it it's a pretty good dive loop you know you can say what you will about the profiling of the trains and of that of that of the track of that of that coaster but that dive loop is pretty legit and it blew my mind that someone designed this like who who would have thought to design an element like this and it i came off of it you know having written coasters before sure but really wanting to figure out what that element was called and that's what got me to google yeah. and that got me to researching and figuring out that's where i found the forums and uh, in, you know the the roller coaster database and things like that and that's what really um kicked off my becoming an th- enthusiast was the dive loop on manhattan express at new york new york casino in Las Vegas. and th- that was just a crazy element for me i just had never in- ever experienced something like Wow, that is um, <laughs> incredible story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. It's always interesting what leads people into the hobby of being an enthusiast. And there's never a story that I hear twice that even sounds remotely similar. I don't know. No way. And you know, you're talking about those unique elements. There's two that come to mind that I've experienced recently. Now I, I am one of those I'm opposite you. I count credits and I will chase credits. I mean, if, if I can physically get my behind in the seat, kitty credit, I don't care if it's a pumpkin. That's where that we have fun, you know, we'll find a way to ride that coaster. I'm currently at 355. Yeah. And um, that's a lot of coasters. 
Yeah. You know, and a lot of elements for me, you know, they're, they're fun, but they're kind of, you know, kind of similar or repetitive on different coasters. Yep. But within the past year or two, just jumped out and hit me. Boom. Like, this is something special. The first one I experienced was the Mosasaurus roll on Velocicoaster. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, my heavens. It's upside down ejector. Who's ever thought that upside down ejector could be a thing? I mean, you literally feel like you're dumping into the water beneath you. It's crazy how fast that happens. But yet it's so smooth and so rewritable. You know, you just want to keep yeah. doing it again. And as many RMCs as I've ridden, I've ridden nine RMCs. I've been on several. Mm-hmm. The death roll on Iron Gwazi. <laughs> Holy Mary, mother of God. There's not even words that I could use. <laughs> Give that amount of insight of intensity justice wow I, uh, we got off that ride this was back in the spring this was after you know like we were discussing earlier a lot of coasters need to warm up including still vengeance not iron Wazzy. we got off the first ride in the morning <laughs> and i looked at my side i said holy shit what was that let's do it again <laughs> oh my god that's going to be the common consensus <laughs> and it just got faster and faster throughout yeah. the day but I've I've never been that floored by like a very early ride like we were like second or third train of the day Tracks hadn't even warmed up yet. <laughs> and um, that death roll, I, there's, you know, just, there's not words to give it justice. These stories always just kill me because when I was, uh, I've been unlucky uh, with, with Florida. So I, I have been to Islands of Adventure and I have been to mm-hmm. Bush Gardens, Tampa, but they were both in February of, what was that, 2020, 2021 or whatever. Yeah. Um, where both were completely ready to go, but not I'm still open. sitting there. So I had to sit there and just look at Iron Gwazi, uh, all ready and happy and shiny, but not open. And then Velocicoaster uh-huh. was testing, was doing some test trains, but they had not done any sort of soft opening or anything like Man, that. Yet. So, return trip. So I will need to go back there soon. But uh, and it, I uh, still have to get oh, night rides on Iron Gwazi when we went. Back over spring break, the park. Well, there was we were supposed to go Saturday night with Andrew, but our my other executive producer for the podcast, he lives there in Orlando. But weather was a complete washout after three o'clock on that Saturday. So there went the opportunity for night rides. We were going back on Tuesday, and I went back on Tuesday. The weather was fine, but the park closed at seven. So I have to keep myself out of Florida for a couple of years so I can go visit more of the new parks that we plan on visiting. But when I go back to Florida, the very top of the list is night rides on our closet. I've had them on Velocicoaster and they're incredible. I've been able to get front and back row a few times. 
on Velocity yeah. at night. I, I, I'm excited to get on both. You know, I need Iron Grazi. I'm, I'm pretty close to uh, have completing the U.S. Uh, RMC thing. I'm, I'm just missing Guazi, yeah. Jersey Devil, and Outlaw Run. Outlaw Run, Run is a nut hole. It's my number three RMC. It's no, I'm pretty it's close. Insane. It's incredible. And I'm actually going back to Silver Dollar City next year. That's at the yeah. top of the revisit list. Yeah. Because we haven't had, for the same reason, we haven't had night rides on Outlaw Run. <laughs> and, and time traveler too is time traveler is incredible. Yeah, I've never been to that park. I'd like to. I, I went to Dollywood for my very first time this year in July, uh, which was good. And we we're lucky enough to get on Lightning Rod twice, um, which was great. But uh, yeah, you know, we're uh, we like to get out there as well. But you know how it is. You know, being from the east, and you know, I'm from yes. the west. It's the equivalent. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's the equivalent of me trying to get out to California. Yeah. It'll happen one of these moons. <laughs> okay, so looking back at the coasters you've written, mm-hmm. what is your favorite coaster and your least favorite coaster? Yeah, you know, and this is um, it's such an it's such an easy question, and it's such a a question that gets asked a lot, and it's just so hard for me to answer the favorite. Now, the, my least favorite is simple. Uh, it's tied with. We mentioned it before, Pegasus. Yes. And only because my ribs have never been the same. And then there's a ride at Lagoon of a coma family suspended coaster called the Bat. And it is just a horrible waste of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's several Vacomas that could be knocked down and scrapped today, and I would celebrate. <laughs> and you know, <clears throat> SLCs. I, 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 I can understand why people like. Vacoma boomerangs. I, I can understand it. I can understand, you know, I may not personally, but I get it. Um, and, you know, but for whatever reason, Lagoon spent this money on this family inverted coaster and it is, do- it does absolutely nothing. It does absolutely nothing. And I, I say this is one of my least favorite coasters. Although there's also another coaster that I, is second to worst, which is the uh, Dark Knight coaster at Six Flags Great America in Gurney. I thought that was just a, one of the dumbest things I've ever written. But some people say it's great. So, you know, it's all subjective. Uh, but my yes. favorite coaster, I'll just say my favorite coaster, I guess, is maybe the ones that have made me smile the most. You know, yes. where I come off them and I smile and I just, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't the best airtime or whatever. But I would say Maverick, right up there for me, Maverick is just was something that I just absolutely thrilled me. Just yes. I was just tickled after I came off that ride. And um, I would say another one that's, close to that might be you know it might be twisted colossus when you can get a perfect double duel on twisted colossus boy here it's euphoria it's just it's something about dueling the other train and having them go up and over you, you can look up and see them and look down and yeah. see them to the side see them it's 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 very magical it doesn't happen very often but unfortunately <laughs> but uh i say those two uh maverick and and, and then maybe twisted colossus well, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I used to think Maverick was, and I still like Maverick. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But it's not even in my top 25. Yeah, you know, I know people who uh, absolutely hate it. I've experienced Velocicoaster and Pantheon. Yeah. Oh, okay. With those new. Yeah, the new. The new instrument. Restraints. Mm-hmm. The restraints are just, so, it makes the whole ride. Yeah. A whole other level. 
Yeah, the absolutely. second half of Maverick, especially at night, the second half at night hits hard. Yeah, it's good, but during the day, I don't get that same bite from that ride, mm-hmm. and I, it's the restraints. They're just that they don't allow the movement and the airtime that I get on Velocicoaster and Pantheon. Right. I think that makes the difference. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I've never been on Velocicoaster or Pantheon yet, but I'm excited to get on them because I just, yeah. I, I am crushing on Intamin. I, I have a big like maverick you will love these and pantheon i'm gonna give you two words yeah backwards ejector it's a thing yeah (laughs) oh my goodness i literally it 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 shocked me especially in the back row (laughs) i mean literally you feel like you are buzz Lightyear, like a rocket ship blasting (laughs) off backwards out of the seat oh that's fun how in the world they managed to pull that off? I don't know. And I mean, when you hit the top hat of that thing, oh my, boom. I just literally, again, felt like Buzz Lightyear to yeah. infinity and beyond. <laughs> literally felt like I would come all the way out the seat. The ejector was so strong, but it's painless. With these restraints, it's completely painless. Shout out to um, Stengel Engineering that that does all their ride engineering. I just those guys are amazing. So it's nothing short of phenomenal. <laughs> How yeah. did they do this? There's nothing over the top of my body. Nothing. <laughs> just a whole thing on my lap. I literally feel like there's absolutely no way I'm going to stay on this thing, and there's no pain. They they pull it off flawlessly. <laughs> I, I love intimate. <laughs> well, I'm, intimate is growing on me. The more, especially the, you know, the newer ones that I ride. Yeah. I've not found what I would really call a bad intimate. I found some, several that I think are somewhat underwhelming for me. Uh-huh. But the newer ones. Wow. Right. I'm very excited <laughs> for what they have yet to come. Agreed. So let's talk about your experience now at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Sure. Told me you're a local guru, you're a Six Flags Magic Mountain local that's at the park quite a bit. Yeah. Um, We have something in common. You said you went on a mission to lose weight. Yeah. Talk to me about your mission to lose weight the walking that you did at Six Flags Magic Mountain. I'd love to hear more about that. Absolutely. You know, I, it, it was, there was time, you know, I, like I said, I work, I work in the te- television and film industry and I'm a freelance employee. So I, I don't work for one production company that just keeps working. I, I work for show to show and I have to really hustle to find work. And so this was a moment where I was um, in between shows and I just wanted to be productive. And, you know, I like going to Magic Mountain anyway. And I had also found myself, you know, not working out as much as I should have. And I'd gained some pounds and, mm-hmm. um, you know, nothing that it was 
you know, I mean, nothing to where it was out of the ordinary, but you do want to feel comfortable in your own skin. I, you know, I probably was 25 pounds more than I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just, you know, looking at my face, my face rounding out and things like that. I said, well, let's, well, what can I do about this? And I recall yes. hearing a story that made national news about some college student who decided to uh, go to Magic Mountain every day for lunch with his dining plan to save money. Because it was a really, uh, at the time, you know, you could just pay for that dining plan and yes. it was really, really inexpensive. And you could have, you know, two meals a day and a snack. And he did that to save money while going to college. And everybody thought it was just such a, a clever thing. And I said, you know, you know how many people have been doing that for years? But this one guy made the story, but all right. And I said, well, it would be fun. What if I did something the opposite of that? What if I went to like Magic Mountain every day and tried to lose weight? And if you know anything about Magic Mountain is that the term mountain in it is quite literal. It is very, very hilly. And it's a very large park. And um, I said, well, let me see if I can figure out some sort of route where I could walk around the entire park, both you know, forwards and backwards, like, and I don't mean walking backwards. I mean, just the route, you know, the opposite direction. And I plotted out this route that would take me to every single square inch outside of going into a queue space of the park. And uh, I said, okay, that's, that would be fun. Uh, I want to see how long it would take me to do. And I went and walked it one day and, you know, it took me about an hour and a half and it was a good hike and, you know, I was sweating and my heart rate was up. I said, that's kind of fun what if I just made some more content for my Instagram channel here? What if I just put out there that said, Hey, and I'll tell you what, I've got to actually put credit where credit's due. There's a, um, a, uh, a, a, what do you call them? An influencer on YouTube and on Instagram who does theme park related stuff. His name is Adam the woo. I don't know if you know who he is, but he does Disney stuff, universal stuff, but he also just kind of does other stuff where he's just traveling around the country and just, Anyway, because he's traveling all the time, uh, he made a goal of he's at a, a different hotel every night because he just travels around the country. That's his channel. He just travels around. And he made a goal of, of, of at least walking on a treadmill at every single one of these hotels that he's at for at least a half an hour every day. And he would film it. And the reason why he filmed it because he wanted someone to be hold that he's beholden to somebody. So he put it out there to his fans and said, hey, you know, if I let my fans in on what I'm trying to do. I will now feel more motivation to keep it up so that I don't have fans going, Hey, you didn't post your content about you walking on the treadmill. (laughs) I think he has somewhere close to, you know, 300,000 followers, you know? Uh So I was like, well, you know, my, my humble 300 followers, um, my humble 300 followers uh, are still, who could motivate me so i sorry i'm gonna do this I'm, and i gotta come up with a clever name of course let me come up with something i said i'm gonna call it the six flag 16 i'm gonna see if i can lose 16 pounds yeah. um, and uh it, just because it rhymed and then i was like well how long should i walk and you know this was around the time of easter when i started and i was just thinking of easter and like you know the 40 day fast the uh, you know that that's recorded about what uh, jesus did and that what if I just did it for 40 days? You know, why 40? It just sounded good. And I was around Easter time. I was just thinking about it. So I said, okay, we'll do 40 days. And I'm going to walk for 40 days straight and try to lose 16 pounds. And so I just started. And I went in unprepared 
which was my own fault. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have good shoes. I just thought, oh, this is going to be great. Just walking in like shorts and things like that. And boy, a couple of days in, my body was letting me know, hey, you're going to get some better shoes. I had blisters and, mm. and I was getting, you know, chafing is a real thing. And I was like, oh my yes. goodness, other stuff going on. So I went and dropped some money to get some better stuff. But again, I was filming, I was filming myself walking and um, I used a little GPS tracker to figure out how, how many miles I was walking. And from the parking lot, um, you know, doing my little round in the back of my car was just over five miles. So I was walking five miles a day on varied terrain. And it was a lot of fun. And I decided to keep myself very committed to walking only. Some people say, well, why didn't you, did you ride anything? I said, no, I did break the rule twice. I can get into that in just a minute, but I, I didn't want to slow my heart rate down. I just wanted to just, you know, I'm here to walk and I'm here so often, you know, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Um, so, but what I was missing was just the things that you don't notice uh, when you're at a theme park, even though I've been there a million times, when you just take the time to walk around and not ride rides, you just start seeing things. And it really made me things a lot more. And I, uh, I, you know, it was a lot of fun. And what was also fun is I started putting out there. I said, you look, I would be bored watching myself just walk around magic. On. Let me figure some other things to do for my watch for my followers. That would be interesting. So I said, give me some scavenger hunts or you want to see me do something like, Oh, I can walk backwards one day, or I can go up and give somebody a high five or whatever. And then I came up with the idea of, cause I have the dining plan. I said, how about this? If you find me while walking one day, you come up to me and say, Hey, what's going on? Lunch is on me. I'll buy lunch for you. And, you know, and people started to react to that. I got some funny ideas to do, to do some scavenger hunt. And people did come up to me with a free meal. And I did that. And then what I didn't anticipate was then I started getting contacted by people to say, Hey, I'd love to come walk with you. I was like, Oh yeah, come on, come on. Let's let's, let's walk, you know? And I made so many friends and we had a walking group. And at one point, the largest walking group I had was 12 of us. Just 12 of us walking, not riding a thing. Just That's walking. amazing. Chit-chatting, and I'll tell you, it went by so fast when you have somebody to chat with. Yes. It just was a lot more fun. And, and now I have some, some, some buddies that are, you know, through that that I, you know, I'm just so close to. And it, it was really great. And, you know, I had to start switching things up. Like I started starting at the ending and going to the beginning because I started getting some muscle memory. And I've noticed that my body wasn't progressing because it was just, this, it figured out just enough what it needed for my yes. route. Start switching it up. Kind of change it up. And then um, that started to plateau. So then um, I met this cat, this cat from Texas who, uh, his name was Adam and he's part of ACE. He's the ACE representative for that area down in Texas. And he was up here um, just, you know, helping, just hanging out at the park for a week, watching the Wonder Woman construction and all that stuff. And, he started walking with me and, you know, he, he gave this great idea of um, why don't you add some resistance? Like why don't you put a backpack on with some weights? You have like a rucksack. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I said, you know, I don't have an actual rucksack, but I do have a backpack. And I, I was a little nervous about bringing in weight going through security. <laughs> so I actually ended up talking to the security guys. I said, what if I do have some water jugs? Can I bring in some water jugs in my backpack? Would you be okay with that? I got the, the cl- all clear from security. So I would put 20 pounds of weight of with water in my backpack. I started just walking with 20 pounds. 
Perfect. Uh, see if I could, you know, up up the game. And um, you know, I I was able to uh, all the way through. And there was only two times, like I said, I, I would come around to it. But I, there was two times that I did write something. There was a day that it was so dead that I walked past Twisted Colossus, and they had all their trains one stacked behind the other one, one just in the train station, or you know, one in the station. Nobody on it. Nobody riding it. I just I walked past it with my first lap. And when I walked by the second lap, nothing had changed. So in about a half an hour, not a single person had read Twisted Colossus. So I said, fine, I will go write it. And it was at the end of my walk anyway. So I went and mm-hmm. sat down and I got a Zen ride at the back, Twisted Colossus. The first lap, you know, I was obviously by myself, but they have to send the second train in order to bring the other one into the station. So my second lap, I actually dueled an empty train. So it was just me and an empty train. That <laughs> is so cool. That was a lot of fun. Oh my god! That was the one time I said, you know, if that's for breaking my rule, not writing anything, anything. This was a fun, a fun way to do it. And on my 40th day, my very last day of walking, and also another thing that I did is like I was doing updates of the Wonder Woman construction because I'm walking right past it, and so I just you know for my Instagram, I just hey, here's the Wonder Woman, you know, here it is, here you know, and it was it was fun to just kind of see it. Because literally, I watched it being built because I was there every single day. I watched it appear it for my very eyes. And it wasn't until someone said, oh, you should have taken the same picture from the same spot the same time every single day. And I said, oh, boy, you're so smart. You're so much smarter than me. I should have done that. And I didn't do it. But that would have been a fun time lapse. But um, on my last day, uh, you know, I met the park president. And, you know, he'd actually heard about me. He's like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that's walking around. I was like, yeah, it is me. And... Uh, I had a little balloon on the back of my, my uh, backpack that said 40. You know, I got from like a party store. That was like for, you know, over the hill and stuff, whatever. But it said 40. Uh, people wishing me happy birthday all day, but that's not what was going on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I walked around and, you know, I, and I decided also to do a check-in every Tuesday, kind of a weight check-in. Because I know that weight's not everything. I understand there's body mass index and all that fun stuff. But uh-huh. I just think candidly, it was just easier just to show a weight. And I wasn't yeah. the type that was going to show like shirtless progress i'm like no nobody nobody needs to see that so i uh this would show weight and i did end up losing just about 10 pounds so it was about six pounds short of my six flag 16 but i still counted a, as a win uh and Definitely a win. my feet were happy when i stopped mm-hmm. um because i actually did and i still had some some uh lingering effects from walking every day without having proper footwear but um it was interesting that first day, not going back. So day 41, not going, <laughs> it was really weird. I woke up and going, I think I'm supposed to be doing something. Cause I remember reading somewhere that like, in order to establish a, a healthy habit, like you have to do it for 30 days or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had already passed that by 10 days. And so it was interesting to stop. And I've only gone back a few times since, but I haven't done the walk again, but uh, that was a fun experience getting to meet people. I met a bunch of people, got to get people inspired to do their own walks and, you know, just, just to have fun and, you know, do something unique for my, you know, and I gained a bunch of followers too, which was great. I gained about 400 um, subscribers from, from just that alone, which was, which was wonderful. You know, it's, yes. it was a nice little bonus. Uh, I love what you're doing. Keep it up. And you know, that, like you were telling me earlier, it's like, that's that motivation that, you don't that you're giving people. It was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun to, to be, to be that. Uh, catalyst for other people you know 10 pounds is nothing to scoff at no no not at all uh, one thing i learned 
and this is what kept me partially what kept me motivated because when I first started losing weight, when you have a large amount of weight to lose, it comes off really fast. I mean, yeah. I was, at first I was dropping 10, 15 pounds a month. Boom, boom, boom. Like, oh, this is great. And towards the end of my weight loss, oh my goodness. I might've been able to get off three pounds a month. Well, I mean, the fur- the closer I got, it's like the further away, you know, the finish line seemed to get. But one thing that kept me motivated, something I learned through my research, because, you know, I told you I do have arthritis in my knees, but now yeah. I don't know why I have it anymore. But uh, it's been a combination, actually, of weight loss plus strength training, because I've discovered if I slack off on the strength training, they, 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 the knee pain will return. However, every 10, every, for every, every pound you lose, each pound is three extra pounds of pressure on the knees. Oh. It's equivalent to that. 10 pounds is 30 pounds of pressure on your knees. So, you know, that really helped push me through the long haul to getting all the weight off that knee pain. I'm like, is this ever going to go away? Yes. You've lost this much, but according to this, you're still this much overweight. You need to finish this. And there's something to that. (laughs) There actually is, because I started doing the math and I'm like, okay, 10 pounds to go. You still have 30 extra pounds of pressure on your knees. It, it does. It makes a huge difference. And, you know, you're talking about the people. People are what make this entire activity, the entire amusement park environment, so so rewarding. You can be standing in a line because I, I, I'm not one that will just go to an amusement park and wait for two hours to ride a coaster one time by <laughs> yeah. myself. It's not happening. No. Now, if I'm with a group of friends, that two-hour wait can feel like five minutes. Yep. It makes such a big difference. Well, you know, walking through the park, those long distances, standing in long lines, everything just goes in the blink of an eye. And you were talking about social media. I mean, a large part of my social media is coaster related, but yeah. I also regularly for the past year, since I really got into exercise and fitness, I post accountability posts. And it's, it's, it's an accountability post showing my progress. You know, I'll even take pictures of the calories burned on the elliptical, you know, mm-hmm. from one workout to the next, I post that it's an accountability post and I've taken pictures of my arms with weightlifting and stuff, you know, the progress that I've made, but, um, you know, just things that show before and after pictures, accountability posts. For two reasons. One, there are people that like Bill from Kings Island that are watching this stuff that I didn't even really realize were following it and affected by it. You know, so they meet me in person. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've seen all of these posts. And, you know, he's even sent me a message the other day. He's told his kids all about me. He's shown them pictures. He wants me to meet his son. You know, his son can be inspired too. And that's why I put that stuff out there, you know, for those people. And for me, 
if I start to feel like I'm losing focus, you now have other people to answer to as well. Right. So it just helps me also keep my head in the game and not reverting back to where it was before all of this started. Now, you've also told me, in addition to losing weight, that you suffer from a condition called vertigo. Yeah. You told me that it affects your ability to ride coasters. Does. How yeah. have you dealt with that? And have you found an effective way to cope with it? Uh, how? Yeah, it's very interesting. So I, I can remember the day it first happened um, was at Knott's Berry Farm riding their boomerang that used to be where the hang time replaced it. So uh, it was I don't remember what the boomerang, it was probably just called boomerang. I can't remember. But, uh, a lot of them are called boomerangs. Right, right. And uh, it was it was 2005, and I was there with some buddies from college, and never. You know, I'd been to Magic Mountain at this, you know, at this point, like a bunch of times, and no problems. But for whatever reason, I rode that boomerang that day, and came off of it, and was just instantly ill, and like the world was spinning. I had to keep my eyes closed. Like I opened my eyes, and it just looked like the world was. And literally tilting to one side. And I said, what's going on? And I kind of just brushed it off thinking, oh, maybe I just didn't have enough water or maybe I just hadn't ate something that just disagreed with me or whatever, but it ruined my night. Like I I had to, you know, I had to go home. I said, sorry, I can't hang out anymore. And, um, you know, it was a hard time getting home and, you know, I'm sweating the whole time I'm driving and it was just so strange being sweaty and not seeing straight. Well, then uh, flash forward a few years and I went up to ride um, Tatsu, which is our B&M flyer here at Magic Mountain. And it's got, you know, the, the largest pretzel loop you've ever seen in your life. And it is just brutal, that, that pretzel loop. And I remember riding it and again, coming off the brake run and getting off the ride and not being able to walk straight. And I had to go and sit in the corner of the station while I just started sweating again and it looked like I jumped into a lake or something. I was so just covered in sweat. My clothes had been saturated and I said, all right, I've got to research that something's going on. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. So uh, turns out it was like an inner ear vertigo issue that I have that is brought on by positive G forces um, pressing down and causing the blood to leave my brain. Um, my inner ear does not like that. So, you know, that was a bummer. And at the, at what I, what I could do at the beginning was I could take a motion sickness pill like Dramamine or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and it would work okay. But I didn't really like the way I felt when I was taking Dramamine because it just kind of made me feel morose and kind of like moody. And yeah, sure. I was able to not get sick, but it just didn't make me, I wasn't having a fun time of my mood and uh meanwhile you know as i'm getting older and older you know we're we're close to we're similar in age and we're in our 40s um i i once once i was turning toward my late 30s i just noticed it became happened started happening more and more frequently and that's when i really started to research the um the the what the um Air Force pilots and the 
NASA astronauts do to train for G-lock. Um, and there's just these different maneuvers that they do. One's called the hook maneuver. And it's just this, something as silly as you just squeeze your buttocks as hard as you can and squeeze your legs with your hands and basically make your neck like, like you're biting as hard as you can down on your jaw to make your neck all strained. And as you're going through the hard element, you pronounce the word hook because hook, I guess, is a word that restricts some sort of blood vessels in your neck and prevents blood from coming out. So if there's a very intense element, you know, I, I, I get into that, that stance and I just like, you know, hook, hook, you know, and um, notice that it worked. Now, I wouldn't be able to do it a whole ride because I'd probably hyperventilate, but um, it started working, which made me happy. Okay. Um, and so I, I do use that on occasion, but I look at that as a band-aid rather than a solution. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I have not gone to see any sort of like neurological expert to see if there's anything else I can do. Um, that might be a next step, but it's, it's sad because I don't like that there's a band-aid because it doesn't work every single time. Uh, for yeah. example... Um, uh, uh, when I was at Bush Gardens, like, yeah, I, I was able to do it on Shikra and I was fine. And then when I was on Montu, it, I, I mean, I was, I was able to survive it. But then when I got on, you know, all, of course, of all coasters, Cobra's curse, when it started going backwards and spinning, I was done. And I said, and it didn't work for me. The, the hook maneuver said, it was almost as if they said, Hey, you got, you got three, three, three chances a day to do it. And then you're done. And so, uh, it's, it's kind of become really frustrating um, because I really want to, um, you know, I want to ride in, in marathon. So like the whole idea of me and marathoning a coaster is, it's just unfathomable to me. The last time I marathoned something was, you probably joke that it was a marathon. So I went and rode um, stunt pilot up at Silverwood up in Idaho. And we were given ERT uh, at night and we could just, on and off, on and off, all we wanted. I wrote it four times, and I thought I was ready to die. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just I can't do it. And so, yeah, you know, and it, it, it's sad. But rather than make myself, you know, depressed and sad, mm -hmm. I just start making the rides that I do get quality rides. Absolutely, and, yes. And, and, and or or I start being really picky and choosy. Uh, like if there's a, if there's a coaster at a, at a park that's similar to one I've already written, say like a Batman clone or something like that, mm -hmm. I'll skip it. I'll skip it and go, no, I already know what this is like. I'd rather get a quality ride on a ride that I've never ridden before. Um, so that I can at least say that I've done it. And so that's kind of how I, I do the things. Uh, I'll skip boomerangs. I'll skip Batman clones. I'll skip, um, uh, sometimes the Woodstock Expresses, those little wood coasters, you know, that are like, you know, yeah. much and not because I don't want to ride them. It's just more of like, I would, I would hate for that to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And then I can't ride, you know, uh, for example, like if I would go back to Bush Gardens, you know, I, I would hate that, you know, I, I ride, uh, Cobra's Curse again and not be able to ride, um, Iron Quasi. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yes, makes perfect so sense. Very now. And, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, we were adult, just barely, uh, my son loved fire chaser express. And so we decided to ride that twice. And again, because of that, I got sick and was able to, wasn't able to ride, uh, wild Eagle. I know a lot of people say, well, you didn't miss anything by riding, not riding wild Eagle, but at the same time, it stunk because I would have rather have ridden that than a coaster twice that made me sick.
wild eagle. I mean, it's not anything. I, I know it's nothing really intense, but I've not been on a bad wing coaster. I like them all. Yeah, yeah. That's my uh, journey with vertigo. Okay. Definitely not something. I don't deal with vertigo per se, but I did tell you, I, I've always had major issues with tight circles. And I thought at some point in time, you know, that with everything else I've been able to conquer would get better over time. That is the one thing that has not improved in any way, shape or form. And that's when I just say no. You know, you were talking about not walking right off of one of the rides. Yeah, That happened to me one time in my life and it wasn't on a coaster. And I actually laugh about it now. Um, you know, I told you, I think when I was 18, I rode Vortex. That was the biggest thing I'd ever ridden. And I really was, I would ride coasters here and there, but I wasn't what you would call a huge thrill seeker at all going through my young adult life. Well, one day on our yearly trip to Kings Island, I was probably 23 or 24 somewhere. I got the bright idea to just jump on drop tower. Never done anything like that before in my life. Wasn't used to the forces at all. And it's interesting because now I would consider myself a bit of a drop tower enthusiast as well. But uh, after that first drop on drop tower, I literally walked off sideways. <laughs> I had to go sit down for 30 or 45 minutes after that ride. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I had been on Top Field Dragster. I'd been on Fury 325. I'd been on all these coasters before I got back on Drop Tower. I finally got back on Drop Tower. It was spring of last year, 2021. I'm like, this is it. I'm done. I'm declaring revenge on Drop Tower. Doing this. And it's so strange. It's just surreal to believe that, you know, just a year ago, I got back on that. And then this past April, where was I? At the very top of Falcon's Fury at Bush Gardens, Tampa. And I didn't even hold on. We were just up there hanging, flying. <laughs> it's crazy how far we've come but yet you you put me in a tight circle for 30 seconds or less and i'm, I'm still done <laughs> yeah you know it's so funny what affects me too you know it's like I, I i have noticed that there are certain things that will almost guarantee that's one is is going backwards on a roller coaster for any sort of extended period of time will make me sick uh the spinning coasters like um like the pandemoniums or, mm -hmm. or the fear side one nice. and things like that. Um, I have not been on, you know, um, on time travel. So I'd like to see how that, because it's more like a controlled spin. So I'm curious to see how that would affect me. But uh, yeah, those, those, you know, those are almost guaranteed, but there's been some surprises and my most embarrassing one. And I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's silly and I can laugh about it now, but I, I grayed out on big thunder mountain at Disneyland. You know, I've never been to Disneyland, <laughs> so it wasn't a very big coaster, I assume. It's it's not a very big coaster. It's a very fun coaster. It's a very fast uh, coaster, but it's a, it's a coaster with like a height limit of like 
I think like 30 inches. Okay. You can yeah. ride it. And it's, uh, I just remember at one curve, I ended up graying out. I said, whoa, I just grayed you know, out. My wife made fun of me. I wouldn't call it a gray out. I, would, I didn't gray out, but I think the absolute most painful coaster I've ever been on in my entire life. And I've been, I've been on some doozies. But this one topped the cake, and it's shocking. It was over Labor Day weekend. We did a whole, I went to Illinois. I saw Scorpions in Rosemont, Illinois. And then I've got friends that live in Chicago. So we were going to meet up at Six Flags Great America. So the Scorpions concert was on that Thursday. Had to figure out what to do on Friday and Saturday. So one of those days, Saturday, Friday, we went to Mount Olympus. Saturday was a full day, like full 12 hour day of credit chasing around the state of Illinois. And there were a whole bunch of stops, you know, that were in relatively close proximity to each other. Well, we had not even filtered in this place called Grady's Fun Park. And evening rolled around, and the forecast for Great America was looking kind of sketchy. I was like, is there any place else we can go that we haven't tapped into? And I found Grady's. You know, the whole purpose of the day was just to get credits. Grady's was less than a couple of hours away. So it's like, why not? Let's go to Grady's. They had the tiniest kitty coaster at that place I have ever seen in my entire life. I thought for sure there's no way they're going to let us ride this thing. Well, they let us on it. It was so small. I had to sit sideways in the seat <laughs> just to sit in it. And they ran that thing around literally 20 times. It bruised my shins. I was screaming, ow, I'm just laughing like a hyena. Oh, man. <laughs> the whole ride. <laughs> laughing to make the pain more bearable you know right. yeah for sure because it was so ridiculous the fact that this coaster was this small <laughs> if we were even on the thing it was unfathomable but yeah that was a it was a pretty uh scary experience in and of itself that and uh walking off drop tower sideways <laughs> Some of the more memorable experiences of my life. <laughs> okay, so you've told me that you are a YouTube content creator as well, in addition to being a Six Flags Magic Mountain guru yeah. and a coaster enthusiast. Talk to me more about your YouTube channel, Theme Park ERT, and why you chose to lead that channel. Absolutely. Um, so how I kind of became in the in enthusiast YouTube community was just being so interested in hang time that was being under construction at Knott's Berry Farm. Um, I'd heard about it on the TV, and I just wanted to kind of watch a, a, find out more information about it. So I went to YouTube and sort of discovered the, you know, the whole YouTube community of roller coaster content creation. And um, a fellow um, who's become a, a dear friend now, a, a guy by the name of uh, Brew from a channel called Parks Bros. I just was watching his stuff and became, you know, very interested in what he was doing and, and appreciative of him showing the construction updates. And 
Um, and he was also doing construction updates for, at the time, was West Coast Racers that was being built here at Magic Mountain. Um, and he was doing updates on that as well. And, you know, since I was already the Six Flags guru, the ambassador there heading out there all the time, I already knew where all the markers and all the construction, you know, things were. And then they're watching his content and this walking by like 30 or 40 different markers and not seeing them and not talking about them started driving me crazy. And so I said, I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, I live close. I would be happy to get some footage for you. Um, I don't need any credit. If you want just some, you know, it's hard for you to get up here. I get it. Uh, I can, you know, send you footage. No problem. It won't cost you do anything, you know? And he was very appreciative of that. And that kind of got me into starting to film and send things back. And at the end of the day, he was just like, you know, you get, you're doing such fun stuff. You should get into your own, you should do your own channel. And I said, well, you know, I don't, I think there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to that, you know, construction updates and stuff like that. I, I don't think I would add anything new. And so then I just started thinking, well, what would be a different approach? What would be a different approach that would be interesting enough for people to want to watch? And I came up with the idea that I wanted to create a show that was basically the comment section of YouTube coaster channels, where they're asking a lot of personal questions to these content creators, and sometimes they're not being answered. I said, well, there you go. There's a voice. There seems like a, a, a niche of uh, that's not out there. Of what if I interviewed, um, you know, interviewed uh, YouTube creators and Instagram creators, and just asked them questions that I gathered from their comments on some of their videos. People wanted to know, and uh, I thought that was kind of a cool idea. And I said, all right, well, uh, let me get that going. And in the when I was working on the West Coast Racers construction updates, I met another individual by the name of John, who was also kind of thinking about starting something. And we kind of, you know, created a little uh, friendship there and a little, uh, you know, kinship. And he had a lot of nice cameras and I did not. And I said, well, you know, me being the producer that I am by occupation, I kind of kicked into producer mode and I said, Hey, let's get together. Let's create a channel together. You've got the cameras and I've got the chops to interview and things like that. And we should make it work. Let's do it. And I came up with the name theme park ERT based on, you know, the, the fun acronym that everybody uses ERT being the you know, exclusive ride time. And I could thought we could do a play on words where it's like an exclusive ride time with your favorite content creators. You know, we're, we're giving you some exclusive you, the viewer, some exclusive behind the scenes uh, insider information here. And that's where we came up with the name and um, we went from there. And at first it was one-on-ones where I said, you know, Magic Mountain is such a, a, a worldwide destination that you're going to have big creators coming here all the time. So I'll find out when they're coming here, I'll reach out to them and I'll just say, Hey, do you have a few moments to just have me interview you and we interview you at the park? So if you go back and you watch some of the earlier theme park ERT videos, it's me interviewing, you know, like Taylor from Coaster Studios or Chris from Air, Airtime Thrill, uh, Sean from Theme Park Worldwide, uh, Chris from America's Coaster Network. Um, just I'm there at the parks interviewing them. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and then COVID hit and the parks started closing down. And so I scrambled and came up with a new idea to create another acronym with ERT 
being the enthusiast roundtable, where I said, well, let's get as many enthusiasts together as we can, and we'll just chat. We'll just have fun. We'll just talk about the industry. And it started working, and we were doing that over Zoom, and I've got all sorts of people, I mean, all sorts of fun people that you may know or you may not know. And I thought it was also very important to invite anybody to the table, someone that had sick followers sitting right next to somebody that had you know, over 100,000. And I said, everybody's voice is just the same, right? We're all enthusiasts here. It didn't matter. And I just wanted to be the moderator. I just, I didn't really want to be the show, have the show be about me. I said, I'm here. I'll keep the conversation going, but let's just have a dialogue. Let's just talk back and forth. You know, kind of all of the Joe Rogan podcast, sort of to an extent, but with more people. And um, it turned out really great. Uh, and I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, the thing that made me want to walk away from, and I just want to be careful because I don't want to, you know, step on anybody's toes, but uh, just creative differences between me and the guy that I started it with, a guy named John, he wanted to go back to doing more of the construction updates for um, the new Wonder Woman coaster. And I was like, that's fine. I'm just not really into that. I really am having more fun connecting the human connection here with the enthusiasts themselves. Now we could talk about the updates, but I don't really want to film construction vlogs. And uh, this kind of came more of a personal creative differences. And um, I found myself um, not feeling like a creator anymore. I kind of felt like I was being bossed around and being told what to do. And it just wasn't sitting right with me. And for the longest time, I wanted to just say, well, you're done with theme park ERT. You're done. You're not on it anymore. But I was driving one day thinking that that would just cause turmoil. That would cause unwanted conflict. That would cause unwanted hard feelings or negative feelings that could be avoided. And uh, as clear as day, a voice just came to my head and just said, just give it away. We, had, we didn't even have a thousand followers yet. And I just said, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to give it away. So I just told him, I said, you know what? It's all yours. I'm, I'm, you don't have to take down the videos that I'm in. It's fine. You don't have to take it down. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm going forward. I'm not going to be involved. I'm done. It's all, you can take the name. You can take the subscribers. And that's what happened. Um, and it was such a, a relief. I thought I'd be stressed and worried about it. But actually, it was just a nice relief to not have that negativity in my life anymore. Um, and when I reached out, and I had people reaching out too, like, hey, you know, what, what happened? Or why aren't you on the channel anymore? What's going on? Why aren't you around? And I just would tell them, you know, personal reasons. And they said, well, you know, we support you, the ambassador. We, we support you. We, you know, whatever you need, what, you know, we've got you, you know, you haven't burned any bridges with us. And that meant a lot to me that people were more interested in being in a relationship with me than because of, not because of my channel, but because of who I am. And that meant a lot. So, you know, there was a lot of thinking about how do I relaunch? How do I get back into, you know, doing what I liked, which was sitting around and just chatting like you and I have been doing for the last hour. You know, it's just, it's, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. And um, so I've decided to just, you know, create the show that I like again. And, you know, and I, and I did share with you that you guys will have the exclusive on that. Um, I am going to be launching it again. I've actually filmed four episodes uh, of the enthusiast roundtable, the new one, 
and it'll be on its own channel. It'll be completely separated from and not related to theme park year in, in any way. It's just okay. a brand new show. It's the same type of format where it's just, we've got multiple enthusiasts sitting around just talking shop. And uh, that will be hopefully launching this Halloween. I don't know when this show is going to air. So if anybody's listening after Halloween, I apologize, but uh, we're going to launch it. And it's just going to be simply called the enthusiast Roundtable. I think that's a fabulous idea. And you know, when you mentioned it, you know, your response to what was happening during COVID. I think that was a fabulous way to bring people together. Right. During a time of social isolation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can feel and see the reason why you're getting the support that you're getting, because I'm sure that that was a lifeline for many of the people that participated. Absolutely. You know, and we, I had, I mean, at the time, I mean, we had like 300 subscribers. We were small, but, but to get big names, I mean, you know, allow me to name drop, you know, like, you know, Coaster Studios, Theme Park Worldwide, Airtime Thrills, the Coaster Idiot. We had all the Coaster Idiots, every single one of them, Brady Bunch style on Zoom. That's fantastic. And, and they hadn't seen each other either because they were all in lockdown and from different states. So that was very healing for them. We also had people, we had Coaster Bot from England reach out. I had all the different clubs. I had, um, you know, possibly arrival, but you know, Coaster 101 reach out. They wanted to come on. I had um, uh, Coaster Crew reach out and want to come on. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, Scott Bravendor from that, that fun character from Wallaby Holland, that, that fun guy that, you know, I don't know if you've seen him or not, but he's great. He reached out. So from Holland and from England and from all over the place, up from Canada, amusement insiders from, from Canada, those guys that do the Can uh, Canadian Wonderland stuff, like just, it was really, really fun to have them all on. And we're just talking because, yeah, we couldn't go to the parks. And, you know, we just, we're just going to talk about what makes us happy. And that was roller coasters and theme parks. And it was, it, was really, it was really speaking to people. And I want to keep that going because I think not only <laughs> can it be interesting for enthusiasts, but I have had some non-enthusiasts tune in and watch it. And they're fascinated by it because, A, they don't realize that a roller coaster theme park enthusiast community exists. <laughs> but they also can see the excitement that we have when we start talking about it. And I think it's engaging. And uh, I've converted a few people who just kind of came across it who had nothing to do with the industry. You know, sure, they've ridden a roller coaster, but they didn't even know about it. And sat through and watched you know, an hour, and they were just like, this I couldn't stop listening. This was great. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and I'm sure you guys know that with your, with this show that we're on right now, you know, it's like I'm listening to all your old episodes and it's just fun. It's fun to just, um, it's fun to just talk about it and to spend time with your fellow coaster nerds and just have that outlet. It's, yes. it's very uh, healing. Like you said earlier, 1000%. Yes. <laughs> so we're down to our final two questions. Our next question centers around the theme of advice. And this can be very loosely interpreted, however you choose to interpret it. Yeah. 
What advice can you give to those who are listening? You know, be it, you know, thinking about overcoming a fear for life in general. What advice would you like to give to our listeners? I would say my advice to anybody out there is to be quick to forgive. Forgiveness should be the very first thing you try to consider in anything that you encounter. It just is so healing to not carry a burden that is unnecessarily on your mind or on your shoulders. Get people, let people off the hook. That is by no means to say you should stay in a toxic relationship, a toxic work environment or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just in any, any instance of life, try to default to forgiveness and move on. Of course, we're going to run into things that are beyond that scope. That just happens. That's, that's life. But if we can make a choice to hold a grudge or to let something go, why would we choose the former? It's, it's just, it's not a way to live. Now, another great uh, aspect of that is you let someone off the hook the first instance, and if they continue to, um, if they make a change after you forgive them, then you're all for the better. But if they continue to repeat a behavior, then you can say, well, noted. <laughs> and, and then take actions to remove yourself. But I still, uh, it's something that I'm trying to practice a lot more recently and it ties in with the channel uh, rather than having just those bitter feelings that I didn't need to have anymore. I should have just forgave. It took me a long time to do it. And I'm yes. just so grateful that I did. And so, and I will tie that into the theme park industry with, Hey, is there a creator out there that you don't like? Is there an enthusiast that may say something that you disagree with, whether it's, they think that still vengeance is a piece of garbage, but you don't or vice versa, or whatever. Don't hold animosity towards anyone. Move on. Just, you know, elevate yourself and, and just don't carry that with you. Um, unfollow if you need to. If you don't like somebody, just don't post about it, how much you dislike them. Just unfollow that individual and move on with your life. Yes, <laughs> I think it's, totally. it's just the best advice I can give right now. I, just, I think I'd like to see because I have seen recently a lot of toxicity slowly seeping into our community. And I would like to see, rather than people saying, we need to stop and we need to squash it out. Well, that starts with us, right? It starts with yes. us moving on, not talking about it anymore. Unless, obviously, if it's criminal in behavior, that's a completely different question. But, you know, if it's just negative feelings, forgive that person, forgive yourself, and move on. I agree totally with extending grace. And yeah. if you get to the point, because I know I've experienced this personally, where it is necessary to remove yourself from a relationship with someone, yeah. forgiveness is still a must, even if not for them, for you. And for me, mm -hmm. forgiveness, I know I've reached the point of forgiveness when I can remember it without being angry or affected by it in any way. Oh yeah. Wonderful. Then I know I've let it go. Right. 
you know, and I don't really find the need to, you know, speak about it or whatever, you know, unless the topic were to come up in general from an educational standpoint. But, you know, just talking about toxic, toxic relationships in general or something like that. But that's always what forgiveness has kind of, and it's taken me years to figure this out. For me, forgiveness is remembering without being angry or affected by it in any way. Because ultimately, by not forgiving, the only person you're harming is yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Negative energy that you are carrying around. And when you carry negative energy around, it spreads to other people. Right. So you have the ability to either spread the negativity or you have the ability to let it go. Yes. What, what did Elsa say? She says, let it go. <laughs> totally. All right. And our last question. Yep. It just revolves around social media. Where can our listeners find you on social media if they would like to follow you, learn more about you or reach out yep. and make contact? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find me on Instagram right now is my most active until my channel goes live, my YouTube channel. But um, my Instagram is the underscore ambassador underscore E-R-P. That's the underscore ambassador underscore E-R-T. You can find me there. And then on on YouTube, you can find me uh, at the enthusiast roundtable all one word um that's where i uh that's where i am and um if the channel has only got i think it only has one video on it right now but uh just keep your eyes open because all of a sudden i'm gonna have about six <laughs> i'm gonna upload them very awesome. soon but um yeah i appreciate that i, I appreciate anybody who wants to come and say hi um, if you, if you want to stop and follow me even better, but if you just want to come and check out a few things that I update, mostly magic mountain stuff, but, um, yeah, come on by. All right. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really enjoyed our coaster talk, our conversation in learning about the man, the myth, the legend, the ambassador, Thank you so much for talking with me. I've had a great time. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. It was so much fun. I, I enjoy coming on. I, and again, I really am so gr- appreciative to every single one of you because I, I can't remember his name, but the guy I met at the Wonder Woman um, media day, that's got me ho- hooked up with you guys. Uh, but I was so appreciative. He came up to me and said, hey. Oh, wait, no, that was Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nick. Uh, uh-huh. He came up and said hello to me and I was like so uh, gracious to meet him. And I'm thankful that he passed my information along to y'all. So again, thankful that you had me on. Appreciate you very much. Shout out to Nick Guerrero. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.